0: You know, the Lord would never, I believe, give a command that he won't help us follow through on. You read something like this and you say, how is that possible? You say, Pastor, we even have 1 John 1, 9 because he knows that we're sinners and he knows that we sin and those things. But I want to share with you as you're walking with God, listen, he gave this command to this woman. He said, go and sin no more. And so God even desires that for us. Amen. He doesn't want us to sin. He doesn't want us to be involved in sin. And so he wants us as we come and repent and ask for forgiveness. And he wants us to walk away and go and sin no more. He doesn't want us to be involved in those things. And consider the power of this statement and the possibility of the fulfillment of this command. I I, I look at it, I'm thinking, why would you say that, Jesus? And then you give us in 1 John 1, 9, this, if we confess our sins, be faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Listen, he wants us to request uh, forgiveness from him and as he provides that, his desire is that we not go and do that anymore. Amen? He doesn't want us to be involved in sin. And so no man or woman or child is able to fulfill this command, yet Christ commanded this woman to go and sin no more. So what this should lead us to is this. I think it should lead us to an understanding, an understanding that you need the perfect, righteous God the holy God of heaven, to help you fulfill this. See, because we can't do it on our own. We can't go and sin no more. We are sinners saved by grace. Isn't that what we're saying? But Jesus' command is to go and sin no more. So the only way we're capable of even accomplishing this is by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which indwells us. And we have to be in close contact with our Savior. And listen, uh, I, I don't believe there's a day goes by that I myself as an individual does not sin in some way. There's something always enters into our lives, something that brings us to the brink or brings us to the place, and we are tempted, and when we enter into that temptation, that becomes sin. And yet God teaches us that we ought to ask for forgiveness of that sin and then move on. Go and sin no more. Don't do it anymore. Let it go. And when you think about this, thank the Lord for our Savior who separated us from our sin nature. And listen, I need you to understand something. It's not our sins that he's only died for he died for our sin our nature what we are he died for not just the things we do but what we are he died for you see for the wages of sin is death and he died for that nature which possessed us prior to our salvation he died that we might have eternal life Now he tells us as a saved person that we have an opportunity to go before him and to confess our sins now as a saved person. And you just go read 1 John and you know he's talking to believers in that book. And what he's saying to us is that we have to confess our sins. It's plural now because we do things wrong. And, and, And we go about things wrong and we say things wrong and we act wrong and we think wrong and we do wrong things. Yet Jesus told this woman, go and sin no more. Now, I want to challenge you in your heart that when you've come and you've confessed, listen, how many of you have felt like, you don't have to raise your hands, but you felt like you've come up here, you have knelt down, you got alone with God, you ask God to forgive you for something, and, and, and you get up, and then you turn around and you go back and do it again. Now, I may be the only guilty one in the room, but I am guilty. And I know there are times where I've asked him to forgive me of something, and I've stood up, and I've turned around, and I've gone back and done it again. Thank God for First John one nine, amen. amen. Yeah. And you know, I look at this and I say to myself, I don't want to do those things, but sometimes I do those things that I do not want to do. Paul, one of the greatest uh, apostles in the scriptures, he struggled with it in himself, didn't he? And, and he said, "Listen, it is a battle that battles within us at times, and what we want to do is we want to give in to the Spirit and not the flesh." When we give into the flesh, we're going to do wrong. When we give into the spirit, well, we're going to do right. And listen. He separated us from our sin nature and he covers us and he covers our sins and tells us now to go and sin no more because he fulfilled this command for you and me. And so the Lord has given you all that you need to avoid sin and sinful behavior in your life. He knew that even after his divine birth, after giving us eternal life, even living that sinless life himself and all the unwarranted things that happened to him, the unwarranted death, his burial, his resurrection, listen, the mocking, the scourging, all of those things, he knew even after all of that that after man come to him and after man believe and after man gets saved, man is still going to sin. Do you know how he knew that? He came down to be just like us, didn't he? He knew the battle we faced. Oh, thank God he was perfect, amen? Thank God he was sinless. Thank God he didn't sin. But he knew the temptations, didn't he? Hey, listen, even the devil, when Jesus was out in a desert place tempted Jesus Christ, didn't he? And he tried to tempt him with wealth, and he tried to tempt him with hunger, and he tried to tempt him with all these things. Hey, listen, and Jesus, thank God, didn't give in to any of it, amen? Amen. What he said, as it's written, amen? That's what our Savior did for us. And so in all of that, we would sin. But he still gave the command, go and sin no more. So here's the challenge. How is it possible to fulfill what Jesus spoke unto this woman in your life? How is it possible to fulfill what Jesus spoke to this woman in our life? How are we able to do that? How are we going to accomplish this to go and sin no more? What a beautiful picture of salvation. See, I believe you've got to have faith. You've got to trust the finished work on the cross and then making choices that please the Father. Part of that is this, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe the scriptures actually teach a dying to self. When I talk about dying to self, I'm talking about the fleshly desires that we have. Even as saved people, sometimes we have those fleshly desires. I want you to turn to a passage in Romans chapter 12. And I want you to look at these two verses. As we look at these, I want you to understand that men will and can conquer this, but there's a dying to self that must take place. And here's the complication of all of that is a lot of times we don't want to give in to the spirit. We want to give in to the flesh. Romans 12, 1 and 2. He said, I beseech. If you want to write out in your margin or you want to write in your Bible, that word beseech means I urge you. This is an urgent matter. This is something that you really need to take into account. So he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, when you sacrifice something, you kill it, you get rid of it, it dies, but he tells us to be a living sacrifice. To be a living sacrifice, that means that I am alive, but something has to die, doesn't it? And that you put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man. You see, there is a dying to self, isn't there? There is a turning unto Christ. There's a turning from self and unto Christ. When you read this, he says... A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. Now listen, then he tells us this. That is just what we are supposed to be doing. We are to die to self daily. He said, which is your reasonable service. This is just what you should be doing. then he says, and be not conformed to this world. And notice what he said. But be transformed by the renewing of your what? There's a change of thinking, isn't there? When you look at this, he says, renewing your mind that you may prove, that's the test, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. (laughs) What is the will of God? That we die to self. When you read the scriptures, you see this, and I believe when he says, go and sin no more, he's telling this woman, listen, there's a time now to die to self and to live unto me. He forgave her. He said, woman, where are thine, uh, those thine accusers? He said, where's those that, that, that saw the fault in you? See, they're not around anymore because they have it too. Amen? And the Bible says in the New Testament, for you and for me, and by the way, they're still under the law here, not under grace, but in the New Testament, the Bible clearly says, such were some of you. We were just like that. We were just like that. And yet Jesus... Died for our sin, didn't he? And I look at this, and I see the power of it. And I believe to overcome sin, you've got to trust Christ. And what does that mean? Well, I've got to trust Christ to keep me spirit-filled. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, and in verse 18, he says, Be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with the what? Spirit. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if I'm being controlled by the Holy Spirit, I'm doing those things which please the Father because the Spirit is here to testify of Christ, and the Spirit resides in us, and so our job is to testify of Christ, because that's where the Holy Spirit is. And Christ came that he might save us and glorify our Father which is in heaven, amen? And and so when you look at all of this, the Holy Spirit says, be ye not drunk with wine, don't let anything control you. What can control you? Well, can anger control a man? Can lying control a man? Can pornography control a man? Can alcohol control a man? Can drugs control a man? Can someone else try to control us? Do you know what he said? Don't let anything control you (laughs) but the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit needs to control you. needs to control our thinking. And so when we look at this, he says, keep yourself spirit-filled. And then keep your thoughts. Let Jesus keep your thoughts. Let this mind be in you, which is also in what? Christ Jesus. So if I have the mind of Christ on, I don't have a mind of sin on, do I? Because he was sinless. And therefore, I can't have on the mind of sin and the mind of Christ at the same time. And then here's the thing. We really have to trust Jesus to keep us from sin. We have to trust him. We cannot trust ourselves. I had a man tell me this one time. I was in a counseling session, and he was in there, and he and this young lady were talking about getting married, and, and and we got into some details about what it means to be married, and he said this to me, he said, I know how far out to the edge I can walk before I fall off. I don't. And man, I don't even want to test the waters. Brother Daryl, I was out at the Grand Canyon, and my son walked out on this rock and was out over there. I walked out to the edge of that rock like this. Oh, God, help me. You know why? Brother Dan, when I got out to the edge of that rock, I was like, oh, man, I'm going down. How many of you have ever felt that way on the edge? Huh? You're telling me that man knew how far he could walk out onto the edge? What if Satan come up and give you a little push while you're there? Huh? Maybe just nudge you just a little bit. Maybe just give you a little shove. And off you go. You see, you don't know what you will do. That's why we have to trust Christ, amen? Yeah. And when I look to the scriptures and I see this, to overcome sin, I must trust Christ. So to overcome sin, you've got to trust him to keep you spirit-filled. What does that mean? I think we have to walk apart from self and walk with truth, amen? Amen. <laughs> What is truth? Well, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is what? Truth. Isn't that what he tells us in John 17, 17? I can't trust myself. I have to trust Jesus. I have to trust what he said, not what I think. You know what I think gets me into trouble more than anything that Jesus has ever said? Every time I think and I go, well, you know what I think? Yeah, I can guarantee you I'm probably headed down the wrong path. But whenever I trust what Christ says, I can stay spirit-filled. So then, what does it mean to be spirit-filled? This is allowing truth of the Word of God to control our actions, our attitude, our behavior, where we go, what we say, what we watch, how we look at things, how we see things, what we listen to, what do we expose ourselves to, what we expose our family to. And it's not only that, it, it is that I have a desire to walk with Christ, and I have a desire to read the Word of God, and I have a desire to pray, and I have a desire to give, and I have a desire to serve. And there's a lot of things to begin to happen when Jesus has a hold of you. Amen. When he's got you, it's a little different. I'm not so important anymore. Even as John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must what? Increase. I've got to allow him to increase in my life and me to decrease. You see, when I'm the most important, I'm in trouble. Amen. I was in the market yesterday. We were (laughs) over at Walmart. We were uh, my wife, after we get all our grocery shopping done, she said, "I would like some Swiss cheese <laughs> for our burger." I was like okay i 'll go back in. I figure i 'm just going to run over to the counter and just you know get some Swiss cheese or whatever and I run over to the counter and guess what? A whole bunch of people standing around. Well, there's a woman standing there, and she's kind of running parallel to the thing. And she's got her cart there, and there's a little kid there. He's got a little Superman t-shirt on. And there's a woman standing to my side. And some lady just barrels between us with her cart and comes over. And there's a woman sitting there in one of those uh, you know, uh, mobile ones that you drive. You know, she's in one of those carts. And she just kind of barrels in between all of us. And so I kind of let her through. And then the little kid comes over, and he starts going, ah, mommy, mommy. So you know what I did? And I, This is nuts. I started going, that little kid stopped, and he went. He put his hands on the cart, and he walked around the other side. And the lady standing beside me, she goes, oh, four-year-olds. I said, I know, <laughs> right? Yeah, come here, you four-year-old, <laughs> right? And the thing of it is, is that she says, I said to her, I turned to her, and said, obviously you'll figure out what I was commenting about. I said, we as adults just do it a little differently, don't we? That lady come barreling through. I was in her way. And she wasn't about to say, excuse me, pardon me, or anything. She was just like, you're in my way. My cart's wider than the space between you and this, and I'm going through here. She didn't go like this. She went right through us. And I thought, Okay. So the lady beside me's laughing, right? So the lady that's standing there didn't get her cake. It was supposed to be for a little boy. It turned out pink. <laughs> she wasn't really happy. And then come to find out the little kid that I was doing the dance with, this ends up being the grandma. That was exciting. <laughs> How's the grandma standing there. <laughs> she goes, oh, four-year-olds. I was glad I didn't say anything else. Amen? How <laughs> do I got laid out on the floor? You know, we always want our way, don't we? Come on now. <laughs> we want our way, don't we? Yep. I was telling the kids when we got on the plane coming back, I said, listen, Daddy was late getting the tickets printed out, so we're probably going to be spread out all over this plane. One's going to be here. One kind of goes, I ain't doing it. And I said, well, you ain't flying back then, amen? <laughs> <laughs> and we were. We were all spread out. <laughs> Sometimes we just want our own what? Way. way. And so when you look at this, I think about the power of the Holy Spirit having control of us. You know what it does? It causes us to avoid the flesh. Huh? It causes us to not do this to God or this to God, right? And, and, and the thing of it is, is that's how we are sometimes. Now, listen, we may not do that outwardly, but how are we inwardly sometimes? So Are you with me? How many of you aren't saying a word and you're like, the hair standing up on the back of my neck and you ever see a cat when it gets mad and them claws come out? Huh? Nobody can see them. You got them in your pocket and the hair standing up on the back of your neck and you're... And the reason is is I want my own what? I want my own way. I want to do my own thing. When I look at this, as our example, Christ Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives now. In doing so, it was often to be alone with God and to pray and to be spirit-filled. And certainly there needs to be a time of prayer in your life. And I tell you what, you won't give in to the flesh as much as you do if you will spend time in prayer. If you'll pray. If you'll get alone with God. Our Savior is our example, isn't he? Our Savior is our example. We see him going alone into a mountain to pray. We see him getting alone by himself and praying. Uh, I, I see so many different times that he does this. And the Lord leads us through truth and always gives us instruction. So then we find the help that we need by the Spirit of God. You know, we know verse 18, don't we, of Ephesians? Listen to verses 19 and 20. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, when I was in the airport, they were ready to put me in a white jacket when I was doing that. But the thing of it is, is God tells us how to overcome that, doesn't he? And he says you need to speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melodies in your heart. Listen, he tells us what to do. He said, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Listen, when he tells us, and be not drunk with wine, whereas an excess but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, he's telling us what to do, isn't he? He's telling us how to not get in the flesh. He's telling us, how to avoid those things? We need to be spirit-filled. Giving thanks to God always for how many things? All things. Thanking the Lord. I was so grateful because my wife got the seat behind me and the guys behind me were some bulky dudes. I was just grateful I wasn't with her because she had to sit in the middle and so did I. And I was sitting there like this anyway, you know, and the guy next to me he was a metalhead. How many of you know what a metal head is? That's not somebody who welds and puts metal on his head. This dude had a set of headphones, man. He was sitting there. He had a big old beard. And I mean, he is a big dude. And the whole time we're sitting there, he was rocking his chair like this. And I thought, good Lord, when are we going to get off this plane? <laughs> and I mean, he had thousands of songs on his thing. And you could tell he is just as happy as a lark, man. He was letting it have it. Oh, good Lord, help me to be spirit-filled, amen. He looks like it, so. But the thing of it is, is that I wanted to witness to him. I wanted to share the gospel with him. You know, a lot of people would just today, isn't it? Everywhere you go. How many of you see people hanging cords out their ears? Now, they don't have the cords anymore. They just have the things they stick in their ears. So you can't hear you? and you can't hear them. I went into a Bose store while we were on vacation. While we were on vacation, go into the Bose store, and they found a set of headphones. Guess what they're called? Noise cancellation headphones. Guess what happens when you put them on? You can't hear anything. You can't hear anybody talking. We want to close out the entire world. You know, I think people need to get off of social media and start being social. Amen? Isn't that something? They'll say all kinds of things on there. I bet you if I met some of these people face to face, they'd cower at some of the things they say online. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that when I look at all of this, the Bible says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make a melody in your heart to the Lord. That's how you be spirit filled. Giving thanks to God always for all things. That's how you do it. How do you do it? By being spirit filled. You're singing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're making melody in your heart unto the Lord. You're giving thanks to God always in all things. How do I become spirit-filled preacher? It's right there. Same set of passages. Just read verse 19 and 20 and not just verse 18. Amen. And when you read verses 19 and 20, you begin to see there's a change. Jesus then goes out early in the morning. And he begins to teach the people. And this is important. And this is why. Because I think we have to get alone with God. We have to be alone with his word if we're going to help anybody else. We have to get alone with God. Now, knowing truth, I think, will help you overcome sin and keep you spirit filled. And this is a reason for leaning on the Bible and the teachings of Christ. You see, the place to go is the house of God. You you, you read the scriptures, I mean, the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But we're to exhort one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. We ought to be in the house of God when the doors are open. <laughs> we ought to be here. Now, listen, I can't answer for you when I stand before God. You're going to answer before God why you choose or choose not to be here. You know, I mean, I can't answer that for you. And maybe you have a good reason, but I'm going to tell you, one day you'll stand before God for that. And you'll give an answer. And the thing of it is is that I'm going to stand before God if I never told you that you're going to give an answer. You see, I have to stand before him and tell you you're going to give an answer. And where do you go? Well, I believe you ought to go to the house of the Lord. Why? Because the fellowship of God's people is important. Amen? Being together is important. And you say, well... Forty-five minutes is good enough, preacher. I'm sharing with you, no, it's not. We need to be in the Word of God every day. Sin. When you look at this, and I think about Jesus telling her to go and sin no more, I'm saying to you, that must then be a choice, is it not? If he can tell her to go and sin no more, then sin must be a choice. How many of you agree with that this morning? Just say amen. Sin must be a choice. I choose to do this. And the thing of it is, is if he tells her to go and sin no more, he didn't give her something that was an impossible task. He gave her a possible task, but it's done through him. And we can sin no more by going to him. Now, I think sin's a choice, and you choose to sin because we're not spirit-filled sometimes. That's why we sin. And when we're not spirit-filled, we're not allowing God's word to control us, and you begin to spiral out of control. And by the way, sin begets sin, by the way. It piles up. Just go read Romans 6. It just piles up after a while. And it it talks about righteousness unto unrighteousness. It just keeps compiling. And so what we need is we need God in our lives daily. We need to walk with him. Consider what controls your day. Think about this for for a moment. How many of you right now, listen to me, how many of you right now have somebody say something that you don't like and it already dictates your day for you? Anybody ever do that for you? They say something to you and just mess up your whole day. I'm a sinful guy. Now, maybe me and David are the only ones that have ever had that problem. Amen? <laughs> but it's the truth. Somebody says something and sets you off and it messes up your whole day. Anybody with me now? Huh? Happens, doesn't it? Just mess up your whole day. And, and the thing of it is, is the Bible says, Be ye not drunk with wine whereas the in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Now, hold on a minute. Don't be controlled by anybody or anything else but the what? How many times do you see a kid, they ain't going to control me. I'm going to the Marines. Okay. Have a good time. They ain't going to control me. I'm going to the military. Good. That'd be all good. My nephew figured that one out real fast. Ain't nobody controlling. My dad he ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm going to the Army. Good. Here's the thing. When I let what someone else says to control my actions, what have I just done? Have I let the Spirit of God control me or did I let them control me? (laughs) Now listen, we're getting down to the brass tacks because this is where we live, isn't it? Come on now. This is right where we live. We live in that world where when someone else says something and we don't like it, it starts to control us. We won't admit that. But it's true. When I think about this, your activities, what others do, your problems, your circumstances, but the Lord encourages us to allow the Holy Spirit to control us. We'll let a lot of things control us, won't we? I was so fired up one time, I was supposed to be in Rhode Island, or I was supposed to be in Connecticut. So we had to leave Dayton, and I'm flying to D.C. first, and then they're going to fly us from D.C. to Connecticut. Then whenever I get down there, They delayed our flight and then delayed our flight and delayed our flight. Now, we're in Washington, D.C. We're down at Reagan National and delayed our flight and delayed our flight. And I thought, good gracious, man. And so finally, they come over the microphone, and they said, we are not going to have any more flights to Connecticut tonight. Well, I was supposed to be the guest speaker at the church that night. This was getting real exciting now. So I called the guy, and I said, hey, I said, I'm probably not going to make it, and here's why. He said, see if you can get a flight to Rhode Island. So they said whenever there's no more flights, everybody like cattle, man. I mean, just out of a cattle top, to stop at the stairs, man. They took off. They were trying to knock each other out of the way. They were going to get up there to see if they can get another flight out somewhere before. And a lady looks over at me, and I was sitting there praying, Lord, please. I do not want to stay in Washington, D.C. tonight. I don't even like it here. <laughs> there's a swamp down there. How many of you know no. <laughs> And here's the thing. A lady behind the counter goes, hey, you, come here. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I thought she was going to go, hey, I got a ticket. You want it? No. She was one of the counter workers. And she goes, let me share something with you. I said, what's that? She said, Providence, Rhode Island, the airport's only about maybe 45 minutes from where you need to be. Do you want to go there? I said, yeah. (laughs) She said, got you covered. You know how they ever stand at the counter? You ever wonder what they're doing? drive you nuts, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, what in the world are you doing? And all of a sudden, she goes, here, you're going to load a gate, whatever. I was like, yeah, I got what I wanted. Boy, if I had, had to stay in DC all night, I'm not sure my spirit would have been the same. You know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. My circumstances control me sometimes. Anybody on board with that one? What others say, my circumstances, amen. I would not get out of the car one day in Phoenix. It was 111 degrees. I said, no, I'm not getting out of the car. She goes, we're just going to walk. I said, I ain't going nowhere. It's hot. It is very hot. And the air conditioner just really started working inside this car that we had. You know what I mean? I wanted my own what? When we get our own way, we get happy, don't we? When we don't, but see, we do the same thing with God. We're not being spirit-filled. To be spirit-filled, there's a time of teaching and a time of putting those principles into action. And so are you being spirit-filled? Here's the thing. To overcome sin, you've got to trust Christ to keep your thoughts. I want you to get a hold of this one, okay? When I look at all of this, Jesus is speaking to these guys, and he's trying to help them. And and I think what we have to do is let God control our thoughts. And you say, where do you get that principle from? Look at verse 6. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground, as though he heard them, what? It's like he wasn't even listening to him. Do you know what I think that moment was? And now this is pure speculation on my part. I think he was just communicating with God. I think he just put it aside. You say, what was he writing? I have no idea. When we get to heaven, you can ask him, amen? I don't know what he was doing. But I'll tell you this. I think he stopped for a moment. And I think as Christians sometimes, we just need to stop for a minute and not say anything. How many are on board with that? let's just zip the lip for a moment and let God work on us for a second and then maybe we'll communicate with that other people. (laughs) And I think God at that very moment in time, and you say, well, Jesus Christ is God, so when they continued asking Him, He lifted up Himself and said unto them, I think He was asking God, How do I say this to these men, to these Pharisees, to these Sadducees, to these people who are living a decrepit life and have brought this woman before me and they want to charge her when they themselves are doing the same thing? And Lord, I'm going to die for all of this. Now, I don't think he spoke in anger. I don't think he spoke one upset word. But I think he said, Lord... I'm going to communicate to these men. What did he communicate to them? He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. That'll wake you up on it. You know what I see at that moment in time, Brother Chris? Rocks just falling to the ground. And men putting their head down and turning and starting to walk away. Do you know why? Because we're all sinners, aren't we? And when I look at this, I think we have to allow God to keep our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Who also hath made us an able minister of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And I want you to know, when your spirit filled, the Spirit giveth life. Sometimes we're too busy killing people with what the scriptures say than trying to encourage people with what the scriptures say. We're too busy trying to tear people down rather than build people up. And we ought to be in the business of construction, not destruction. And sometimes we're so busy destroying things that we can't see what God's trying to do. And we need to be builders, not destroyers. We need to be people who are building a new path for God, those old paths. We we always want to be on this trail of we're doing something new, we're doing something great, we're doing something... No. In fact, the Bible talks about those old paths, doesn't it? We always think we need to be on some better path or some new path, and all we need to be on is the path that Jesus Christ has trod for us. And when I look to the scriptures and I see this, one of the most dangerous places to hang out is our own mind. How many of you believe that today? You can spend way too much time in here. And you know, we ought to spend a little more time in here and a little less time in here, amen? (laughs) We ought to get to the place where this is what we're using, that this is what's guiding us. This is what's causing us to think. This is what's causing us to act. This is what's causing us to move, This is what's causing us to witness. This is what's causing us to give. This is what's causing us to serve. This is what's doing it. Boy, if we'd get to this a little bit more, amen? And get out of our own head a little bit more. How many of you get inside your own head too much? You know what I'm saying? It'll mess you up. Pastor Nichols used to tell a story that he broke down one time. And uh, he said he was kind of in the middle of nowhere, and behind him was about the same distance as in front of him. And he remembered a gas station being back there, and he said, I got in the trunk, and... Got the jack out, started jacking the car up. How many of you have had this happen? I was going to a funeral when this happened. You get in, you pull a spare out in a spare uh, flat. Anybody ever have that happen to them? He say, well, if you were much more like me, you would never have that happen to you. Yeah. Anyway, I get in there, and the tire's flat. My pastor, he gets in the car, and the tire's flat. And he said, you know, he said, I took that tire off, and And he said, I I was thinking about just carrying it down the road. And he said, man, I knew it was a long way down. And he's kind of in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) He said, I started talking to myself as I was walking you know, I'm going to go back to that gas station, and by the time I get back there, that guy knows I'm going to fix it. He's going to start taking advantage of me by the time I get back there, and he's probably going to have this tire, but if he has this tire, he's going to charge me X amount of dollars. for i and probably go to Walmart and buy this same tire for about 50 bucks. He's going to probably charge me 100 bucks for this tire, and then I'm going to ask him to come change the tire because, you know, I can't get the lug looser, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I can't get something tightened, and he's going to do I mean, he just kept on talking to himself. He said, by the time I got to that garage with that tire, he said, I was so mad. The guy said, can I help you? And he goes, yeah, I need a tire, but you're probably going to charge me a fortune for it, aren't you? Now, I know only me and my pastor Nichols used to do that kind of stuff. We're the only ones get mad, you know what I mean? But the thing of it is, is sometimes we do that to ourselves, don't we? We have talked to ourselves so much that we've made stuff up in our head, and that's how we respond without ever knowing the truth. You see, if I'm letting Jesus control my thoughts, let this mind be in you, which is also in what? I probably won't be acting that way. When I look to the scriptures and I see this, our worldly thoughts are one of the biggest hindrances to our spiritual growth. And consider what the Lord says about his thoughts toward you and me. He said, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God's always thinking good for us. He's never thinking negative. And we ought to have our thoughts in check. The Lord then wants our thought life so that we have a focus on Him, a focus on pleasing Him, a focus on doing right, not wrong. A, a, a better attitude. Romans 8, 27, 11, 34. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what's in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Now listen to this. For who hath been his counselor? Who knows God that way? Now I want to give you something. I want you to understand this this morning, and this is in the scriptures. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It's different, isn't it? We have the mind of Christ. We should be different, shouldn't we? We ought to have a different spirit or a different attitude. His answer when he was looking at these, these questions all coming at him, I had this one thought for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Amen. You know, when you read the scriptures, he said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone. Hey, listen, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Amen. That's what the Bible teaches us. So here's the thing Are you allowing God to control your thinking? <laughs> you say, How do you do that? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Listen, the Bible says that the Spirit of God will bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever He has said unto you. If you're in the Word of God, God will communicate to you through His Word. He'll bring things to your remembrance. He'll cause you to think differently. He'll cause it to happen. He'll make it happen for you. And here's the thing. That's when, when I'm angry, I need to contact God. I need not respond. Listen, the things that you think you ought to do, stop it. Don't do that. Stop right now and say, Oh, Lord, what should I do? If you've got to stoop down and write in the dirt, do it. But listen, don't say anything sometimes. The very things that we think we ought to do, we ought to just walk away from it. And we ought to let God have control. Let God have your mind. Let Him have your thoughts. You know, it is possible to fulfill what Jesus spoke to this woman if we'll let Jesus have our thoughts. The last thought is this. I believe that He'll help us Keep ourselves from sin. In verse 8, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What a beautiful passage. Amen. Do you know we need Jesus to keep us from sin? Listen to me, folks. Don't don't tune out right now. We need to talk to Christ to keep from sinning. Are you with me? We need to stay in touch with him. We need to be communicating with him ongoing. It need not cease. It will keep us from sin. Even those these men had in their mind... <laughs> What they were going to do, they were going to stone her. All of a sudden, they start dropping the rocks. And when you're busy trying to stay right with the Lord, it's very difficult to find time to cast stones at others. Do you hear what I just said? When you're trying to stay right with God, it's very hard to be casting stones at others. Very difficult whenever you're trying to stay right with God. When you're trying to walk with the Lord and you're trying to communicate with God and you're trying to ask Him to help you with your thinking and you're asking Him to help you be spirit-filled and you're in the Word of God and you're praying and you're serving and you're giving and you're doing all those things that God's called you to do and you're doing all those things which please the Father. And whether you drink or whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you're doing all to the glory of God. You're thinking to yourself, how in the world is it possible to sin when I'm walking with God like that? It's hard, isn't it? Every time you're about to sin, start talking to Jesus, I promise you it'll go out of your head. He'll stop you. You know why? Because the Spirit of God resides in a saved person. Amen? And the Spirit of God does not want to be grieved. And the Spirit of God does not want to be grieved. He will stop you from entering into sin. Listen, the flesh is weak. The Spirit is what? Willing. He'll stop you from getting involved in things you ought not be involved in. In your thought life, in your actions, in your deeds, your words, where you're going, what you're saying, what you're viewing, what you're listening to. Listen, wherever you're going, God is there to help you. He'll keep you from sin. And it comes down to a choice. Jesus wants you to know that through salvation, He's overcome the accuser. Amen. He's there to help you. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to keep you from sin. Revelation 12, 10 and 11, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ, for the accuser of the brethren is cast down. Amen? the accuser of the brethren is cast down. (laughs) Which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of, Of the Lamb. (laughs) Man. How do you overcome sin? By the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You got to trust Christ, folks. You've got to trust Jesus Christ. You've got to trust him. You have the strength and the power to overcome sin. And here's the question I have for you. Is your faith strong enough to trust Jesus Christ? You say, well, I've trusted him to take my soul to heaven. Amen. Are you going to trust him to help you go and sin no more? Let's pray.